welcome to the first episode of the Americana Station podcast. So excited today to have Caleb Edwards on with us. Um, Caleb has some great things going on for him, including his new uh, project with his album Metamorphosis, which is coming out in early 2018. Caleb is also a member of the bluegrass band Fireball Mail, who has uh, been on the Telluride uh, stage uh, this past year. He's also got a great uh, group of musicians known as Lateral Blue, and um, he plays with the world-famous Will Payne Harrison. That's me. Uh, you can actually hear his mandolin playing uh, in the opening lines of today's song, um, and uh, we are going to talk to him today. Um, I'm excited to announce, uh, if you're in the Nashville area, Caleb and I will actually be playing a show with uh, Bree Murphy on January 22nd. Um, that's just a couple of weeks after this podcast drops. So if you're in Nashville and you're listening right now and you want to come check it out, the Family Wash is a great place to be on Monday, the 22nd of January. Uh, without further ado, we're going to talk some more to uh, Caleb. So enjoy the podcast. Pretty good levels. Just cool. um, Hello. Yes. Well, let me cut them a little bit because we're going to have some dynamics. Yeah, we are. Because we're funny, so we're going to laugh. Ha! All right. Ha ha! <laughs> it looks good to me. <laughs> You're going to cut all those, right? No, it's going <laughs> in. I'm keeping everything. <laughs> uh, so you you were on the original podcast. Welcome back. I was. I, I am the uh, I'm the only rerun. <laughs> You're just that good. I'm just we, or you don't know anybody else. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone else turned down my calls, but your schedule was open. So. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, uh, how have you been, man? Good. Tell, yeah. tell me about uh, what's going on with your uh, music. Oh, well, um, let's see. I am in the middle of, of, of recording my first uh, solo record which is has been a lot of fun. It's been a long time in the making. And um it's taking up a lot of my time currently. Um but uh wrapped up a good year with um with Fireball Mail. We did a lot this year, a lot of cool stuff and then um uh the band that I've recorded the album with uh Lateral Blue were picking up a few things as well. So it's 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 a lot of fun. Like uh what do you what have you been picking up? Uh, well, we we decided, um, let me back up about a year ago, I kind of met all these folks and, um, we were just jamming for fun and we were all kind of, um, and who are the folks? uh, Those folks would be, um, it started off with, uh, uh, Clint Morgan, guitar player, Casey Armstrong, fiddle player. Corey Caswell and on bass, and then um, Kyle Lee on on banjo, and myself on mandolin. And um, so by the time uh, the record uh, came about that they um, that I wanted them to help me um, record the record, uh, it's uh, Kyle on banjo and guitar, and Corey on bass. And um, but we we kind of we kind of all started this this band about a year ago that you know we'd do like Puckett's Puckett's restaurant here downtown Nashville and in Franklin and Leapers Fork and stuff like that just play like just like jam on standard bluegrass stuff right and uh but it was cool because like I studied a little bit of jazz in um in college and then Clint um uh, and you went to Kentucky School of Bluegrass. I did, and and studied some jazz there too. Studied some jazz at the Bluegrass. People cool. always wonder how that was possible. Um, but then like Corey, Corey is 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 pretty uh, fluent in in jazz and classical music, and she's a killer bass player. She's a killer bass player, yeah. and um, so we all kind of had everybody kind of had that uh, foundation in bluegrass, but we all had these similar interests that, right. you know, we would geek out over a Coltrane solo and be like, Oh, we should learn this. And we're like, none of us, play, <laughs> none of us play horn, you know, translate it to exactly your instrument. Yeah, yeah. So it ended up being like a banjo solo or something like that. So we, I think we all just kind of, we had a lot of fun hanging out. And, and so then I started introducing them 
to these tunes that would end up being on on this record and uh uh we all got we just became really really close all right so we had a little dropout so we're back yeah if you can back um, up just a little bit we'll... so i know i've known lauren since my time in the copperheads with adam wakefield and um she's great and so she's she's helping me out on the album as well and um i've also got aaron nelson who oh is yeah a buddy of ours playing some drums stealing my drummer yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Aaron's and, great uh, it's just it's been really cool because I, I love every one of these people uh, you know they're all some of my good really good friends and they're all just super talented right so it's been a lot of fun to um to have them aboard and and the uh, the material can get kind of heavy at times and so and I, I kind of wrote it while I was going through some stuff and so it was very therapeutic to a few of the last songs on the record um i would write it and literally with that band in mind so i'd write it one week and then the next week we would arrange it and i literally have a melody and chords and so not even charts or anything and we would just get together and just flesh it out and i think everybody has kind of had their own little stamp on on the on the material which is made it really unique in my opinion some of the coolest stuff that i've ever been a part of that's so great and that's lateral blue yeah that's what the band is called but you're um, you're actually your solo record is just gonna be caleb edwards yeah yeah because technically i think the the solo record came about before we actually decided to be a band right because we're like oh this is fun let's do this more yeah <laughs> yeah and um but yeah it's 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 um we're doing that and hopefully um uh me and Corey and Kyle are kind of playing playing around with doing some trio stuff and um hopefully we can pull in Lauren and do some stuff with us and um so hopefully we're we're doing some writing and uh book some shows here soon you said you were um, going into d- demo soon, and so yeah. you've already got new material. We've got new, new material, so we're like we're still in the middle of my record, right? And, but everybody's like we're just doing you know little stuff here and there, just like really small edits, and and uh, so you know as far many, as the creative process goes, we're we're in the middle of just doing some writing for our own. How many tracks is it going to be? Um, still working on that. <laughs> well, ten or twelve. 10 or 12, yeah. Uh, and the reason why I'm up in the air is because there's 10 songs, and right. but I've composed some preludes, and so we don't know if oh. if we will if those will be separate tracks or if they'll be in the okay on one track. So I'm not sure yet. I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. I remember uh, when I was going into the studio for uh, East Nashville Blues, it was like, it's 14, it's 12, <laughs> it's okay, it's 10. That's uh, an EP. <laughs> <laughs> You start looking at the budget and it gets smaller yeah, and smaller. Yeah. Oh, oh, shoot. It's a single. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, no, I had a lot of fun recording on that album. With you. Yeah. Yeah. So for everyone listening, Caleb played all the uh, mandolin, obviously, and um, m- uh, most of the electric guitar. The really cool lick on uh, High as Willie. <laughs> that was probably... I love that. I love that. That was really fun. When you... Uh, I remember you sent me that demo... I'm like, this has got to have some sort of Willie-esque yeah, guitar player. Yeah, and then I called up Fawn Larson, and I was like, okay, I want you to sound like Mickey Raphael. <laughs> yes, so Let's exactly. make this really Willie. <laughs> really Willie. Really Willie. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's, that's horrible. But uh, yeah, that was really cool. You, We mic'd up the um, hollow body, and it has a P90 in it, mm-hmm. and you played it through like a old vintage amp, but also acoustic, and it just had such a sweet sound to it. Yeah, I actually did that... Uh, for the album I've been working on forever with my wife Anna, yeah. I I borrowed that guitar again and did the same thing because I'm like this is really cool I got to do it, it was, again yeah yeah actually the first time I did that recorded an EP with my sister like four years three or four right. years ago with your dad's yeah Gibson yeah, yeah. it's like a '68 I'm not sure the actual model uh, ES125 maybe possibly you yeah. played it yeah yeah and I did the same thing there. I don't think I actually even put it through an amp. 
Really? That time. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, just acoustic. And it sounded so cool. But yeah, yeah I, I, always, I dig that. Like, I'm not, I don't really consider myself much of a guitar player. But I really like... Which is ridiculous because I consider myself a guitar player and you're way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Um, I, uh, I really enjoy um, playing guitar behind good songs. Yeah. And so that's why, well, like when the last few shows that you and I have done together, I've played telly with you. Right. And it's just been Aaron and uh, on drums. And, and Corey. Then, and Corey on bass. I saw your bass player. You stole my drummer. Yeah. That's okay. That's all right. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Nashville. <laughs> uh, but that's been a lot of fun. Like I, I don't know. I kind of, those sounds like those telly sounds, like the Bakersfield stuff was just kind of on in the background my whole life. I yeah. never really paid attention to it until probably the last two years. Well, I remember we did a tour with your sister and you um, borrowed my telly and my I aunt. That, yeah. And like you just tore it up on uh, some of her yeah, songs. Yeah, I was having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was trying, she does like indie right. folk stuff. Yeah. I'm like, You're, maybe we should be country. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like chicken picking everything. Yeah, that chicken picking everything. She's like, you know, okay, chill maybe out. Maybe tone it down. Chill out of. on the twang. <laughs> Get off that bridge pickup. It sounds great, though. I like yeah, the way you play. It. Thank you. It's uh, it's a work in progress. So are you going to be doing any electric stuff with Lateral Blue, or is that just going to stick to the Kayla Banana? Um, I, I doubt it. Yeah. But never say never. Never say never. Never never say never. Um, I don't know. I, I uh, There may be some electric on this album I'm recording. Possibly, like way in the background. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's it's like a bluegrass band with drums, anyways. Right. So why yeah. not? Have, you already you already screwed it up with the drums. I know, right? Why not just <laughs> add an inch more blasphemy and right. stick some stick some telly in there? Um. Mm. No, the cool thing with lateral blue right now is um. Uh, it's upright bass. I'm playing mandolin. Um. And then Kyle's switching back and forth between banjo and guitar. He's a he's a fantastic. You're only playing mandolin. You're I'm not only doing playing mandola mandolin. or guitar. Well, I'll play some mandola probably. Okay. Um, I tell you what though, when Clint left, um, and Casey was still playing with us, we just decided to be like a four piece bluegrass band. That was when it was like in its infancy. Still, it, yeah, and and when we decided that we were still going to be like an actual bluegrass band, you know, aesthetically yeah. speaking, and I I would switch to guitar on some of the more traditional stuff and everybody like they had an intervention with like a banner <laughs> and they were like, Caleb, you suck. Really? <laughs> wow. It wasn't, it wasn't quite that bad, but and I knew it. Like I just hadn't played. Well, bluegrass guitar is hard. It is. It's, it's very, very hard. hard, especially when you've got like really great pickers right there. Like, like Kyle is a when, bona fide bluegrass banjo player. Right. And when you're competing with that, yeah. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And so I hadn't, I hadn't played like professional bluegrass guitar. I don't know if I ever did, but you know, probably before I moved here, right? I played in a band, a really short stint where I played guitar, and I had to work really hard to get up, you know, my chops for that. Yeah, it's... I, I think I've really just kind of found, um, found what I like on guitar, and if people want something different, I'm like, call somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> This is what I have. This is this is what I can do. I yeah. get that. Yeah, I'm like, hey, if you want like some blues, some yeah. slow blues, I got you. But yeah. you know, you want anything fast, like, yeah, it's not me. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy. I tell, I'll, I'll say this. I enjoy flat picking, if it's like with two or three other people and it's really mellow. Right. Like I love playing guitar in like a jam session. Yeah. Or. Um, but not the flat, fast. Not flat. the fast like mash. Yeah. Grass, as some people will call it. Put it in B and mash it in the mouth, son. <laughs> that kind of stuff. No, I'm not. I don't know. It's just um, I'm not really into it um, really at all. You're, you're <laughs> a big Django. I, yeah, I do. I do really like Django. Yeah. Um, really, if I could, um, probably my biggest guitar hero currently is Julian Lodge. Julian Lodge. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, and he plays a telly, too, but he's a jazz guy. Right. Which... I've always thought it was really cool. Yeah, and I, I found out he plays um, a um, like a 1950s Fender Champ, which is also not a jazz. Right, it's a right. dirty, yeah, like blues amp. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He um, he's so cool. I've only seen him twice. The first time, he did a solo acoustic thing. 
Um, he's got a duet with Chris Eldridge of the Punch Brothers, and they oh, were yeah. they were supposed to do a duet thing at the station end, but but Critter got sick last minute, and so Julian just played a solo thing by himself. And he's got his own tunes, you know, so he did a few of those. But then he also played the tunes that, like, Chris Eldridge was supposed to play with him. That's like a two-guitar thing. Wow. But he played it by himself. And he's so soft-spoken. He kind of talks like this. And so uh, you, you could hear a pin drop in that whole room. And he'd play a few of the tunes off that record that they did together. And he'd be like, and this is Critter's solo. <laughs> <laughs> but then the second time I saw him was with his jazz trio. And he played Telly. I think that. that's that's mostly what I've seen. It's yeah. like uh, and drums and upright in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's fantastic, man. Um, but the way he plays, if I could play guitar like anybody, it would be like him, probably. Some of the stuff he plays is just mind-boggling that it he can is. get that stuff out. Yeah. I, I think what um, I asked him, you know, the one and only time I've ever met him, um, I asked him if he had any tips. Because I told him, like, I'm not really much of a guitar player. I'm a mandolin player. But do you have any tips just kind of across the board for any kind of stringed instrument musician? And I thought he was going to say something like, practice your scales or yeah, something like that. And he said, um, learn how to breathe, which I thought was really interesting. He goes, if you're hunched over and you're, like, squishing your guts, you're not breathing correctly and your body is not reacting in the right way that it should be um which totally made a lot of sense because i i realize sometimes if we're yeah you know doing like a few shows in a row night after night i don't know if it's the shoes i wear or what but like my back will hurt like my the exhaustion back. from touring and yeah all that yeah i've noticed that myself with even i mean well of course with singing you have to breathe but yeah um <clears throat> yeah like if if you do that, you're exhausting yourself way more. Sure. So it takes way more out of you. Yeah, sleeping on a bed you're not used to with bandmates that snore. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them, so I can't. Yeah, I was like, who are you, <laughs> who are you referring to? Because I'm pretty sure you're the. No, uh, well, Fireball <laughs> Mail. We went out. We were out in Washington State um, this past August, and uh, um, I don't know. We've roomed together before. I guess it was just maybe it was the the atmosphere or what. Oh, I remember. It actually was really smoky out there. It's when the forest fires were happening. Right. Yeah. So we we're all kind of uh, heaving and stuff and having trouble breathing. And so that first first or second night we were there, uh, I roomed with Joe, our bass player, and Brad and Phil roomed together. And we, we all came out. We had these huge bags in our eyes. <laughs> we're like, oh, so and so snored so badly. When we realized that we all snored like horribly, we were all complaining about each other. <laughs> so I made the suggestion that we change our band name to the CPAP Mountain Boys. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, um, shaking the windows with the shaking the windows. Yeah. yeah, I I always take headphones with me on tour. And yeah, you got to bring. Um, just something something mm -hmm. to drown out the noise yeah drown out the the snoring <laughs> for sure well, that's why i tour I solo yeah exactly <laughs> well okay i gotta say this for everybody out there if you tour with will he will give you the bed if you <laughs> thank if we're, you if we're going from like that house is true. to house yeah he will give you the bed i'm a gentleman it's true <laughs> <laughs> do you remember this is in louisiana somewhere I'm not Somewhere. sure. We yeah. played at this little cafe. And this on the same property were these little, oh, they looked like elaborate sheds. Right, right, right. It was, yes. Well, I can't remember the name. It was in St. Francisville. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was really cheap to stay there. And I don't know, it was probably in the fall. So it wasn't like cold. No, they gave us a room, I think. Oh, did they? Because we played there, yeah. Okay, okay. That makes yeah. more sense. It wasn't terribly cold. I remember that. Right. And... Uh, <laughs> we're still like in the deep south too so it's probably like november probably about this time yeah but um and so you're like i brought an air mattress you can have the bed and i'm like okay and so then then uh in the middle of the night we both woke up well you woke up and you were like i am freezing and i'm like you can you know we can share this if you want and you're like no i, I won't do it and so then we we rummaged around looking for a space heater and we couldn't find one 
Because you don't need one in South Louisiana. Exactly. <laughs> and then about six o'clock in the morning, we were like, "This is this is stupid. Let's go get coffee." And then we found it. Yeah. <laughs> Once we were awake, we found the space heater. Yeah. It it did get really cold though. Yeah. That. Yeah. I do remember that because we weren't prepared. Because in yeah. South Louisiana, you don't need right any warmth really. Yeah. It's, that was kind of a dinky little. I don't even know what you'd call that. Some sort of shack thing. I mean, it was cool. It was nice, but it was right. Uh. Yeah, it was like a, I don't know, like kind of a cabin-ish kind of, thing. Yeah, yeah. a shanty. A shanty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a name for it, but yeah. A shanty. <clears throat> I digress. You yeah. got the bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anybody who might uh, uh, be a victim of, of Will's touring, he will give you the bed. You may not make much money, but you'll get the bed. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't make much money, but we sure have a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> we were writing a song that day. We did. Um, I still have it. We need to finish that song. I don't remember how it goes. Yeah, it was in a like a open G- D tuning or something or G. That sounds like me. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. In the forest of secrets. Yeah. Don't tell everybody. Oh. It was the the river of woes, is what that was called. Right. <laughs> <laughs> good times so so how do you typically write a song like what's what's the process for you does it come with like the melody does it come with the chords does it come with the lyrics first um so usually uh i do a lot of writing for fireball mail and every song that i've written for them has always been like a melody i get a melody in my head and i'll um, figure out chords on the guitar or the mandolin. And then usually there's a word for this. I don't, I forget what it's called, but, um, if you, uh, if you're playing a melody, you've got like a melody stuck in your head and the words like pop out in mm-hmm. that. Have you ever done that before? And there's a word for that, but I don't know what it is. And so usually you'd be like, in the river, you know, it's kind of pops yeah. out in the melody something like that. I don't know. But, um, so that, that happens a lot to me actually. And so I'm like, well, you know, I just kind of, I just kind of mumble gibberish. Right. And, and start chasing that. Yeah. Something usually comes out of that, which I feel like that's cheating, but I don't know. It's just kind of, it literally just kind of falls out of the air sometimes. I, I mean, I'm definitely yeah. like 50% of the time. That's what it is for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but, but for this record, uh, my solo record, I should say that this is titled, um, instead of just saying record metamorphosis, yeah. metamorphosis. Yeah. Um, for that record, it's interesting because I um, I started writing these um, when I left Indiana, where I'm from, and went to school in Kentucky. And um, I, the first song, and so the the way that the album will be, and this is the way that we perform it as well, is that we perform the because it tells a story. It's I the, all the songs are songs that I that I had written kind of in the heat of the moment you know, whatever I was going through, whether it be happy or sad or right, whatever. And so uh, that first song is kind of about being lonely. I remember I had a duplex in Hyden, Kentucky and I was running on a duplex and I'm sitting there. I had this, it was a two bedroom house thing and I didn't know anybody. So I didn't have any roommates. So I lived in one half of this <laughs> duplex all by myself and so there's this one big open room that was the other bedroom that I just, you know, sat in there and played music and stuff. And, right. And I had my bazooki and I came up with a melody for the bird, which actually I remember yes. performing on Americana Station. I think it might still be up on our I think it YouTube. is. Yeah. And um, When you had long hair. I did have long hair and a um, short beard. It's the opposite. And now it's the opposite. It's you have the, the big beard now. and short hair. But... Uh, so I think, um, I forget where I was going with that. Just, you were just going, uh, through the process oh, right, of right, the right. record. Yeah. So, um, for that record, it was different because I actually, a lot of these songs were poems first. Okay. And I, you know, I don't, I don't consider myself a poet by any means, but I, I think the L song writers probably dabble in it. I think so too. And, um, I, um, I just kind of wrote these poems that I looked at later and was like, well, actually I tell you what I did probably 
for most of these was I I'd just written them down, going through whatever, and I always had these melodies like riffs or something in my head right. that I would that I just kind of played made up, and um, later I probably just put them together. Right. And so that was different for me. I'd never done that. I'd never written lyrics first and then and then melodies, um, which was interesting. Um, it's not always the best for me because I actually had to kind of have to trim yeah, stuff that's, here and there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot um, more editing when you have the is. words first. You have to choose which ones can stay. For sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the preludes that I composed, I actually... There's two preludes and one interlude, and they're pretty fairly short, but it's they're like sort of classically influenced for um, a bluegrass quintet. And uh, for those, a lot of them were just melodic ideas that I'd written on the mandolin, and so then I um, wrote out the score on uh, this program that I have and then just wrote the rest of the instruments. Like, I, I've been around that that instrumentation my whole life. So I, I, right. I know their limits, even though I don't really play fiddle or bass or anything like that. Um, I know their sonic, um, abilities. Right. So it was, that was fun. And, um, so I wrote that out. And by the time we started rehearsing for the record, I had it, the notation in the chart with them for most of the time. And, um, so for that, it was it was really different. I think that's kind of what made it really unique for me, is because, you know, as a songwriter, well, as a player first, you probably hit, you, like every time you pick up your instrument, you play something, right? Like it's always the same thing, and um, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think uh, we always kind of hit our uh, melody ruts, and um, I noticed that a lot of my songs, like bluegrass songs kind of will have they don't sound the same well they might i don't know <laughs> i don't listen to them but they might um they might have like especially that i sing them too um similar turns and you know right. chord phrases yeah. and stuff like that which i don't think there's anything wrong with that but this really broke that mold for right. me and um and i think that the other fact was that helped me um was that I was playing with musicians that uh, there was no there was no box to be sat in. Now, let me be clear that um, being in a box isn't a bad thing because for me that's usually a good thing because it tells me this is what work is today. Right. You know, if I, I oh we're Fireball Man is going in to do a record, Caleb, we need. Uh, can you? Uh, give us like three songs. I'm like, sure. Yeah. I know what those guys do. I know what they do well. Right. I know what I can do. I know what we all do well as a unit. So that gives me a really good idea. That's a box per se. And I know we, we are like a, you're not going to be playing augmented sevenths. And, exactly. Yeah. They, well, they might surprise you. They're well, kind of into swing music. Yeah. So. But, um, but yeah, it's like, uh, um, it's not traditional bluegrass by any means. It is kind of their own, but there's still a box, even though it's not sure. traditional, right? Yeah. yeah, and so same people will say, think outside your box in a negative way. And for me, it's more of like, a, this is what the song isn't, if that right. makes sense. So, um, but for this record, when I was writing for it, and I'll say this too, I was probably 90% done with the writing before I even realized that I was going to put this on a record. Right. I'd just written all these songs and never intended for anybody to hear them. Um, because You're a songwriting machine, by the way. Like I've <laughs> over the years, I'm like I'm like like at the time you were you weren't doing songwriting full time, and I would just like you'd be like, "Here's a new song." Here's, oh, yeah. I wrote three this week, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Well, I think I think um, really when I met you, uh, well, let's, let's come back to that. How we actually yeah. met? Um, when I met you, I was. I had this idea for like a band that I wanted to do right. and that's how Will and I met. But, and I was pumping out songs, uh, for that. And right. Even though I didn't know what was going to happen or anything like that. Um, I just had it like a melodic idea of what I wanted it to be. Right. And eventually that became lateral blue. And so a lot of those songs actually are being played by these guys. Okay. And, yeah. um, 
or being rewritten in some right. way or something like that. But, um, but that's kind of how it, you know, I was talking about the box. Um, that really, I think, uh, writing these songs without the intention of actually recording them, um, made me just write them carefree, right? not having, you know, um, an agenda with it and, uh, really opened up, you know, cause there, there's one, there's one on there that's like lyrically, lyrically kind of sh- just sharp, you know, it's sort of kind of spunky and, uh, but I, I was, I had these songs. And so when I met you, I was pumping them out like three or four a week, right? which maybe to some, that's not a lot, but I was kind of, I think at that time too, I was really, maybe not to a music row person, but yeah, to me, maybe. Yeah, to somebody that maybe we, I don't think, I, I wasn't doing it for a living right at the time. So um, I was trying to, uh, I kept showing them to Brad Bulla in Fireball Mail because he's the other songwriter. He and I write a lot together and he would, he was always really cool about, I'd bring him like a song and he'd be like, oh yeah, try it again. You know, he'd never say like, oh, that's that's not very good. You know, he'd right. always be like, yeah, um, I see some good things in there. Try this again, you know, which would really help me. And that's and that was right around the time when I met you. And so I, I did write probably 150 songs in like six months just yeah. just trying to, you know, find my voice. And as some writers say, you got to get all the bad ones out. Oh yeah. Before you can get to the good ones. I'm still doing that. <laughs> Me too. I every now and then I just have to write one. I'm like, man, that's good. And then I'll come back like a day later. I'm like that. That is a bad one. Like, you know, I think that's the story of every songwriter. It's like, <laughs> you know, you, you write it and you're like, this is going to be a killer song. Yeah. And then you come back to it and you're like, no one will ever hear this ever. <laughs> <laughs> this will be used against me in some way. Um, but no, yeah. And, no. and uh, well, in, in the middle of the, of all that, uh, that's when I wrote the songs that are on Fireball Mail's first record. Right. And uh, uh, Which is Bending the Rails. Bending the Rails, yes. right. And I think I've got like three or four tunes on there. Yeah. And the rest of them are probably co-writes. Is it New York Calls? Well, New York her, Calls Her Name. Her Name. That's a great one. Yeah. Thanks. Um, technically, that's a co-write because I had the whole song written all by myself and we got in the studio and I'm actually cutting the vocals for it and there's yeah. just one phrase... See, when New York calls her name, you know, Holy Mountain Girl. Change a word, get a third. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Was it the producer or? And it was Brad. It was Brad. Yeah, well, I actually came into the, the booth and I'm like, hey guys, this this uh, this isn't working. Like this this word is weird. Right. And so then Brad looked at the lyrics and like crossed something out and wrote another word. He goes, all right, send me my check in the mail. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh. And all the other guys, it was a joke because they're like, oh, man, if we just come up with one word, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's all it takes. The other two guys don't don't really write. Um, so, yeah, that was technically a co-write. Yeah, um, let me start looking at all your songs before you... Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and then actually that that's happened quite a few times because usually when we come together for the songs that, um, that make it to the band, um, usually, say if Brad... Brad's got a song. He'll call me and he'll be like, Hey man, let's get together. And, uh, I, I think I've got, he'll either say, I've got a few ideas, which means he, he hasn't written it down yet. Right. Or he goes, I've got one. and I just don't know about it. He always right. says that, which means that he's got one that he wants to show me. Like it's good enough that he wants to show me, but he doesn't, he like, he needs a second opinion. Yeah. And so usually, um, usually I'll go over and listen to it. And this happens um, vice versa as well, but we'll, we'll get together and show each other the tunes. And, um, usually what I contribute is like a lyrical or not lyrical, but like a melodic idea. Right. And you know, that's a co-write. Yeah. So I usually, usually he's a great writer. So usually when he, when he brings something to me, like it's, it's fleshed out and you know, um, he's pretty, it's always good to have another set of ears yeah, on exactly. it too, just to know that like for sure I didn't miss something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when I bring one, he'll he'll be, he'll ask me, he's like, "What does that mean?" And so it really makes me rethink. Oh, right. What was I trying to say there? You know. Um, 
which is helpful. And I think we've got a good thing going. And it takes a while. Like I don't co-write very often. Yeah. Usually, well, actually, it's just with him. I've done a little bit with you, and then right. Um, with Corey and Kyle, I've been doing. Corey, Corey's a fantastic writer. Kyle, yeah. Kyle's one of those melody guys, and mm-hmm. he'd be like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about lyrics, but how's this run? You know, and we're like, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's the one dangerous thing about being in a band setting is you're like, I got this song and they're like, great. And they don't really listen to the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Uh, nice to have someone else in the band that does. Sure. Yeah. Um, And that's what's nice about Lateral Blue is that there's only three of us. Right. So, you know, it it totally is a, a shared writing credit. Right. Yes. But. Um, yeah, with Fireball Mail though, it's a lot of fun. Um, cause they'll, I think it, it took a, it took a little bit of time for them. Well, we were a new band too, and we didn't really know each other. Yeah. And so it took, a, it took a little bit of time for me and Brad to kind of get to know each other, to get to the point where like, that's a, yeah, it's an intimate thing. To it is. Yeah. And we'll be like, I don't understand what you're saying. Right. You know? And we're like, Oh, okay. And so none of us like, it's just, it's work, you know, it's, yeah, it's nothing personal. And I think even for the guys that don't write, I think it took them a minute or two to be like, okay, these are actually good. Right. You know? To understand. Yeah. Because I think some people are just not wired. Um, i trying to think how to say this. Some people listen to the tune. Right. Some people listen to lyrics. Right. And some people aren't really... And I, I think I might stand in the middle actually if i hear a song and like melodically it catches my ear i i listen to lyrics second so i'm I'm definitely one of those melody guys yeah um if it's got a good bass line man i'm in <laughs> i'm in it i really am oh, <laughs> it's yeah. true yeah um but yeah like the first that's one of the first things is like the like the bass line and then the melody and mm-hmm. then lyrics probably like the third time through and i'm a songwriter so yeah yeah i wonder but like i think uh maybe women might be different because my my wife will be like I'll be like hey listen to this song because I like the harmony in it or something yeah. and she listens to it she goes that's super depressing like, <laughs> really and I'll look at the lyrics I'm like oh my gosh this right. is depressing yeah genocide what oh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, and I don't know if that's a I think everybody's just wired differently but yeah. especially as as bluegrass musicians though because like you're listening for everybody's really cool solo right. Or the the groove right. of everything, and I think those guys, um, if they were, I think at the beginning they were like, if you write, and, and they're still like this to a point, but they're like, you write something with a good groove, we'll play it, we'll be happy with it, yeah, you know. And so, like lyrically, some of the stuff that's on that first record, it's okay, like it's not bad, but um, like the stuff, you know, and everybody gets better the right. further the longer you do it. Um, but I think. Uh, well, we're starting to collect stuff for our second record, and the lyrics are are definitely a lot more thought out, in my opinion. As far as the stuff that I'm putting out there, yeah, it's it's always nice to uh, you know I've been trying to get um, more creative with um, songwriting, and one of the things that I, I have read um, more recently is is it's really easy to use your you know we have five senses and it's really mm-hmm. easy to use sight because they're ah. like that's what sure typically what songwriters go to but being able to bring in smell yeah and taste and all these other different senses gives you a different way to like be inside that song and makes it open up so much more for and, sure um i think that that's a great way and also like looking at that you were talking about poetry you know everybody that's a songwriter is a little bit of a poet, like looking at poetry in the way that they, they have that free form where they don't, they're not boxed into a song and, and how they can really create, Mm -hmm. um, a landscape that you're, you're in trying to like bring that into songwriting, like really helps a lot. Have you, have you ever listened to Robert Ellis? No, but you were telling me about his new album. I mean, I have, but I haven't listened to the new album. I, you told me to, and I haven't, so I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I recently discovered him and, and, and well, the first thing that I noticed like with his, with his songs were that like, Oh, this guy's a killer guitar player. Right. You know, and that's the first thing that caught my ear. And then, uh, and then his lyrics are just really simple. Like I, I love storytelling songs because you know, that's what the song's about is, you know, 
person A talks to person B. Right. And then they, whatever happens, happens, you know, whatever the story's about. And so I, I, I really enjoy, uh, Brad always says, painting a picture with words, you know. Right. And uh, songwriters that are really good at that are like Jason Isbell. Yeah. People like that. Man, they're just great. Well, Merle Haggard was always really good at that too. Just like super simple. Right. You know, I think people think of it now, it's like blue blue collar songwriters. Right. You know. Chris um, Christopherson. Exactly. Yeah. But just fantastic with yeah. poets, you know. Just just the way, you know, they would Guy Clark. That's actually how I got into poetry is Guy Clark. Of Guy Clark, yeah. Yeah. Um you know, I did a gig uh down in Franklin probably about three years ago and it was called I don't even know if they I, I think they do still to do it. We just haven't been invited back. But yeah. it's this festival, like this artisan festival, um, called Made South down in Franklin. Okay. And uh I cannot remember this guy's name for the life of me. But he is an author. He's a like you know, New York Times bestseller. Um and he writes a lot of like I think uh Civil War uh books and stuff like that. And he, he had written this book. Um well he, he kinda collected all of it. It was all these short stories written by musicians. Mm-hmm. I'll have to give that to you. It was called like uh like a pen and guitar or something like that. And um I bought it and it was so good. Like Chris Christopherson has this story about um these are like four pages tops. Yeah. You know? And I think there's a few Tom T. Hall um stories in there too. But uh yeah. there's one Chris Christopherson one in there about like this small town in like the southwest where they find this this big um huge rock that looks like a like a naked woman. <laughs> and, you know, all the boys go out there to, to go see it and and, you know, all the women are like, Oh my gosh and it's so funny. It's hilarious. But yeah. you know, I, I've 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 eventually, you know, I would like to do something like that. Just kind of a, because I think if I if I wasn't playing music, I'd probably be some sort of writer, right? Or archaeologist. Maybe both. <laughs> I mean, just write about archaeology. Write about archaeology. Just you two know. two birds, one stone. Hey. Ah. Oh. One one. I don't know. One dinosaur bone. One. Oh oh, okay, God. that was bad. I can't do this. I'm editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but um, I'll have to send that to you. I can't remember the guy's name now, which I know helps everybody involved in this. Right. But we'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. put a link up later. Sure. Sure. Once you figure it out. Sounds good. <laughs> Point being, though, that you were really inspired by this this author. Yeah. Yeah. Book. Uh, you know, I. It was interesting that um, he had uh, uh, kind of noticed that, like, he's a novelist, and he he had noticed that songwriters are some of the best uh, storytellers, you know? Right, and, yeah. And short stories and stuff like that, and so he collected a, a book full of them. And we really get to, like, you know, hone our chops on storytelling on the road, you know? Like, you, oh, yeah, You go out there and, and you got people's attention. You got... Yeah. You learn how to make them laugh and how to engage sure. them. Yeah. Well, uh, this uh, metamorphosis is, is being produced by, uh, Eric Uplinger or, or, by, uh, Riverstone, um, music group. And, uh, he's hilarious. He and I have become really good friends in the process of all this, but, uh, that's in Birmingham. Um, no, he's in Nashville In Nashville. No, okay. I tracked the, we, we tracked the record in, uh, Rogersville, Alabama. Okay. At one one crossroads. And, um, but anyways, Eric, he, uh, uh, I, I'd never realized this until I met him, but, um, well, first of all, uh, one of the songs on the record is kind of pays, this is weird, kind of pays homage to Davy Crockett. Uh-huh. And I, I grew up being a huge, you know, fan of that guy. And, uh, it kind of closes the record with, you know, the way he lived and kind of an inspiration to live loud and, you know, right. not being afraid to take a chance and, and uh, I've always enjoyed his philosophy on that. And um, and so, uh, uh, you know, I'll just randomly, we'll be hanging out with Eric and tell him a story about, you know, I had a really wacky college years just in the area I lived in and kind of a culture shock and, you know, uh, 
telling him stories about that. And he'd be like, you know, man, you, you do live, live the Crockett life. And he'll, he'll say that all the time, which is funny, but you're right though, you know, telling the stories and, and then I'm like, cause I used to, uh, hunt with dogs a lot when I was a kid. And you grew up in, uh, what was the city in Indiana? Metamora. Metamora. Yeah. Southeastern Indiana. And does that have something to do with the title of your album? Um, metamorphosis. No, no. it huh. doesn't. Um, Metamorphosis just metamorphosis just comes from, um, you know that's what they call. This is cheesy when I have to explain it, but uh, basically, if you look it up, it says when uh, an organism evolves into or changes into uh, like its second uh, adult life form. Right, like a butterfly. Exactly. Yeah, I was a larva. You were a larva when you when you went yep. into Kentucky. Just a little larva, mandolin player. Yeah, you're a beautiful butterfly. I don't spread his wings. I'm more like a a moth. Moth. Yeah. <laughs> like a ratty, ratty a little ratty moth. moth. Um, but yeah, I, I used to uh, we used to go coon hunting and stuff all the time when I was a kid, and so I just had crazy stories of like getting struck by lightning and you know getting shot at and by old really? farmers. Oh yeah, I have to tell you, you know, it's gonna be my book. Just wait. <laughs> um, but I, you know, we just like Kyle. Kyle's a big deer hunter, and so we'd swap, swap war stories. You know, like oh man, I saw this big old buck yeah. one time, and I and still got a uh, something in my leg. I got a broadhead stuck in my bicep <laughs> from you know 2003. You know, it's, uh, but uh, and so all mine are just us being stupid. Ended up like oh let's we had good intentions of you know hunting with our dogs and then we'll end up like starting a fire <laughs> throwing like a gallon jug full of gunpowder in it <laughs> stupid stuff like that but um but eric's just like watching us is like you guys are crazy <laughs> he's <laughs> like i'm from a suburb in pennsylvania <laughs> we never did anything like that um but i think you know i realized uh i think i was i was listening to uh, npr i think and they were interviewing um uh, screenwriter Okay. And um, this guy was talking about, because uh, they're like, this is, he had, I don't remember what it is. I'm horrible about remembering today. But um, he'd written written this script for some film. It's a true story. It happened to him. And, you know, the, the lady talking to him, she was like, this is crazy. Like, how in the world? Because I guess he's known for just writing from life experiences and those being just absolutely out of this world. Just Right. wild loony you know like unbelievable <laughs> exactly and he goes he said i think if you're a writer you need to experience just the crazy stuff that happens he goes what else are you going to write about yeah and right, so like know. when i heard that i'm like oh that totally makes sense absolutely makes sense now yeah but so next album is going to be about coon hunting getting absolutely struck by lightning yep with uh classical bluegrass interludes <laughs> <laughs> It sounds more like a country song than anything. That kind of sounds kind of cool, actually. <laughs> there, there needs co-write. to be that's a co-write. That's a co-write. That's a co-write. <laughs> Write it down, everybody. That's a co-write. Uh, I've got it on. Uh, I've got it recorded live. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I think there needs to be more bluegrass concept records. Anyways, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Even if no, that'd be cool. Like if it was about off the top of your head, what's what's your typical bluegrass song about? Murdering someone, probably. There you go. Yeah, murdering somebody. And the whole process. The of whole like process of... from the law. Yeah, yeah, or maybe falling in love with somebody. Yeah. Because that's usually what happens. And she says no. And right. you, you kill her. You, you drown, kill her. You drown her. If I can't be with her, nobody can. Drown her. Yeah. Right. And then running away from the law. And then being, That's usually all yeah. in one song. That should totally be... Like each section. Yeah. Yeah. Falling absolutely. in love. Absolutely. And, yeah. That'd be really cool. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Stretch it out. And, yeah. There was a bluegrass band that did the whole Tommy album from The Who. Whoa. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Ryan Adams did that Taylor Swift record. It's true. <laughs> some some uh there's a lot of bad ideas out there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, maybe this is one of them. We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> well, man, thanks so much for coming out today. Absolutely. Um, I think it's time to wrap it up, but um Always a pleasure to talk with you and um, looking forward to the new album and um, website. Caleb plays mandolin dot com dot com. Yep. Find me on Instagram and, and Facebook. I don't do Twitter. No tweeter. 
I think I've got like three accounts. You got three accounts. Um, because I start them, and then like three years <laughs> later, I'm like, oh, shoot, I should probably get on my Twitter game. And then I forget the email and password, and so I start another one. So there's like at least two of them out there. There is another Caleb Edwards out there. There is. Let's talk about this. Yeah. If you're out there, if you're shoot me an email. Yeah. Um, clear this because <laughs> I get a lot of he's he's this um, he's from Missouri. Um, he and I both play Breed Love guitars. Oh, and he's a he's a Christian like CCM yeah guy, and so he's got more followers than I do. Maybe he he they could be your followers and he just got them. You never know. I don't know, but I do get emails sometime from you know uh, radio DJs that want my new single or something yeah. like that. And I'm like. Uh, I don't have a single out and you know, it's not Christian radio. <laughs> so, but they're like, Oh, sorry. Wrong. I actually got, um, mistaken for some Mason guy that was supposed to be inducted into this. I don't know anything about Masons. See, that's exactly why I go by Will Payne Harrison instead of just Will Harrison. So I should go by Caleb Christopher. Caleb Edwards. Christopher Edwards. That's a mouthful. CCE. CCE. Anyways, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and website at calebplaysmandolin.com and then lateralblueband.com and fireballmailband.com. All right. Thanks. Thank thanks you. so much for Thanks being for having me. Well, thanks for listening to the first episode of the Americana Station podcast. And thanks, Caleb Edwards, for taking time out of your busy schedule and all your 15 different bands to stop by the studio and goof off with me. Next time on the podcast, we will have Yasmin Van Wilt, who is the front woman of Van Wild, as well as her own solo endeavors. And she also co-writes. She has written for Aaron Lewis, the song Folded Flag, and we'll talk all about that next time on Americana Station Podcast. So stick around and make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that good stuff. And uh, thanks again. We'll see you next time.